Live from Lisbon, this is The Twilight Show with Lucy Newberger. Good evening, it's Tuesday, you're back with me and we're ready. Tonight we're going to be talking about games in class. Are they useful or not? Live from Lisbon, this is The Twilight Show with Lucy Newberger on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. It's me, Lucy Newberger, and I'm back for Tuesday's Twilight Show. Um, it always flies by so quickly, but I wasn't, I can't remember, no, I wasn't with you last week, but I'm back with you this week. We've got a brand new show. We've got lots to get through. So please get stuck in, get involved, and hopefully we're going to have a delightful hour, hour and a half. But um, first things first, as always. It is the weekly recap. And I know some of you groan. Some of you look forward to this. I know uh, Mr. Tom Rogers is quite a fan of the weekly recap. So maybe he will show up shortly and get involved with uh, <laughs> my weekly goings on. Um, so, yeah, let's crack on. I gather, I think, in the UK that it is half term this week, at least for some of you. And I'm incredibly jealous because mine is still... A week and a half away. Ours is right at the end of the month. I think possibly due to where um, Carnival falls in Portugal. So maybe that's it. I don't know. There is some cynicism amongst the staff that uh, our half term is late so that uh, the day we would get off for Carnival gets swallowed into into our half term so we don't get additional time off. Because in Portugal, we do get a lot of random bank holidays and days off and saints days and things like that. So it does cause a bit of havoc, particularly when they fall on a Tuesday or a Thursday, for example. It wouldn't be, it couldn't be a Friday, could it? I mean, it never is. Um, ah, Harry Waters has just turned up. And same in Spain as the, as the all the high days and holidays fall at random times, don't they? Now, um, I'm glad Harry's here because... Um, well, all become clear as to why he's uh, raring to go for this evening's show, uh, but we'll come back to that in a moment. So yes, I have to wait a little bit longer until half term, unfortunately. So those of you larging up and enjoying yourselves now, do do have fun, but also do rest because my goodness me, hasn't it been an adventurous start to the year? I mean, we said this at the end of last term that we'd never been this tired. I think that I'm actually more tired and done in now than I was before Christmas. Onika has just said, um, half term here in the UK, but we've all tested positive for COVID. So it hasn't been much of a break for the three-year-old. Oh my goodness me. Well, speaking of COVID, it's absolutely ripping through my school here as well. I had, I have a class of 18 normally. Yes, I know, incredibly spoiled to, to have only 18 of them on a, on a full day. Today, Eight of them walked through the door 
and that was my lot because they bless them they they've been told they don't have to wear masks anymore which fair enough okay but of course over the weekend they all hang out they had some birthday parties this weekend which they're entitled to do now they're allowed to do so it's been a bit like uh tempin bowling and they've all just gone down at the same time uh which has been a bit of a nightmare and i know that the, the same is going on across probably much of the world still if i'm honest and uh, the trouble we're having is that covid protocol is kind of a bit all over the place now because when we were in lockdown, we knew we were in lockdown, we knew what the procedures were, we knew what we were teaching, and we just kind of got on with it. And the children that turned up, turned up, and those that didn't, we kind of did our best to follow up with. But it it was a system that certainly when I was in the UK and when I did my second lockdown here in Portugal, it was a system that by and large, worked because everyone was on board and we all understood the process now of course you've ended up with a situation now where you've got kids and staff in and out up and down uh getting sick and uh coming uh their periods of quarantine are ending at different times and so trying to play and i think i alluded to this in my show a couple of weeks ago trying to play catch up is an absolute nightmare so I'm trying to do what we call a big write at the moment, a historical adventure story. And we've gone through a very long planning process in, every, in minute detail, and now they're starting to write. But of course, there are children that have missed part of, plan, of the planning process. There are children today that are going to miss the start of the write-up. And so what do you do? Do you just keep calm and carry on and hope that when they come back, they'll be able to cough out something do you give up on the idea entirely with those who are off and i i'm sort of in a in a headspace now where i don't really know what to do and i'm sure that teachers up and down the uk and wherever else you all are level with this too and i just would be interested to know what what your approach is do you try and find a way to catch them up or do you just think do you know what i've just got to plow on because those that are here are the ones that i have to teach and of course, with the with this COVID protocol as well, we we have a situation where in my particular school, we only provide work online for children who are having to isolate because a, a sibling or a parent has tested positive and they are negative. If you're off sick or you're tested positive, you're off sick and that's it. But COVID has blurred all the lines for this. And I think that there is a feeling, and certainly in the school I'm in, and I don't know whether this is because it's an international school, it's a private school, there is a feeling amongst some parents that they feel, well, we should be able to, to ask for online work whenever we like. And now, of course, this is problematic as well, because you end up providing what my dad has uh, dubbed a, an a la carte menu where people can kind of pick and choose when they're in school they can disappear on holiday or they can have some time off and in their mind they want to know that there's work that they can do that their kids are not missing out and it's difficult to to say no because i've certainly had a situation this week uh where where this was an example and I felt like I was being obstructive. And actually, I ended up being overruled by 
the head teacher who said actually no uh, work is going to be provided but it's it's very difficult when you believe that in one policy or one part of the protocol and then suddenly it changes because demands are being made so it does make things a little bit stressful and I still honestly to tell you the truth don't really know where I'm at but my partner teacher and I made a bit of a deal today where we ended up posting and this is a big hint and I'm sure all of you know this from from the lockdowns I ended up posting a year five twinkle maths and English pack which is linked to what we're doing in class but it's not the exact thing and then some other bits and pieces as well that we are doing in class and that's become our, our sort of online pack for the moment and we're going to see how that goes and, and review it as we go through but of course the difficulty is that you know they're going to be some kids that 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 do that work they're going to be kids that do absolutely nothing while they're at home so We'll see how that one plays out. But I, if if you have any answers as to how to handle this or how you balance the online with the teaching in school, I'd love to know because I don't think or feel I'm doing an especially good job at the moment. Uh, Anika, Anika, sorry, if I'm saying your name wrong, please do tell me because I would be mortified if I am. Um, I've worked in an independent school too, and I was told I have to provide work when parents wanted to go on holiday for a long weekend, oh, blimey, as they are paying, so they get to choose how to navigate schooling. Oh, gosh, uh, I, ugh, I, well, I do know, I do know how I feel about that one, as I'm sure you do too, Anika. Um, I'm sure your, uh, your sentiment on that is probably, uh, oh, good, I am saying your name correctly, thank you. <sighs> good um i think you probably feel the same way about that as most of us do in that well it, why almost it's almost kind of why why pay to send your children to school if you're not going to send them to school but that's a debate for another day i think i think we could spend a lot of time going down that rabbit hole so let's concentrate on what else is is has gone on in the last few weeks or last couple of weeks um, I know you're all quite fond of the, the various debacles I get myself into or that have kept me occupied. So I will share some more of those with you uh, just before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of today's show. Ugh. So one of the things that has happened to me, I say happened to me, has gone on in my little school arena is I've had a situation with a, <laughs> a little girl who kept disappearing off to the toilets and of course they have to go when they have to go they have to go I'm not a monster I do within reason let them go when they have to but she was disappearing for 15 20 25 minutes at a time and this became a little bit worrying to me because it kept happening kept happening kept happening and I thought my goodness me no what earth is what earth is she she doing and it all became a bit worrying and so I ended up getting to the point where I thought I'm gonna have to say something to her parents so <laughs> I sent them an email and I'm not proud of this but in the subject line because I couldn't think what else to put and I actually I panicked if I'm honest and I put delicate matter in the subject line and explained what had been going on in the sort of nicest possible terms and that actually this little girl you know all I, all I wanted to know is if there's anything I should know about. Has there been a medical issue I've overlooked? Has there been 
some is there something the matter anyway it it transpired that 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 she'd been struggling with a a bit of a psychological issue in terms of of going to the to the toilet and in terms of um you know cleanliness and all the rest of this in the in the wake of covid and i think in a way her parents were quite grateful that somebody had noticed it and that had taken the time to email them and say look i i do have a little bit of concern about this and they ever since have been my best friends the mum comes up to me all the time and says oh you know i'm i'm so grateful to you and all the rest of it and uh you know thank you for your email and thank you for keeping an eye on her we we we've had the same problem at home and i thought gosh okay so me kind of panicking about uh a child's toilet habits and sort of wondering what to say to the parents. It turns out sometimes you just need to send an email saying, look, I've noticed this. Is there anything I should know? Can I help you in any way? And so far she seems to be okay, which is good. Um, so that was that. And then uh, in keeping, I, well, not really in keeping with the, the poo theme, but more my choice of language. And I've just realised in my notes here that it kind of looks like everything is related to, to bathroom habits. But it's not. It's not. And I do not have an obsession with anything to do with that just before any of you start to worry. But I've been dealing with um, a particular parent recently as well, who they've recently moved from, from somewhere else. And um, the, the, the daughter that is in my class, she has very little to, to know English at all. And it's hard enough as uh, a ch you know, an EAL child to walk into a school at, you know, with, with not speaking the language, but to come in, I think, at Upper Key Stage 2 in particular, where those friendship groups are pretty solid. These kids, or a lot of them, have been together for a very long time. They chat away. And certainly in my school, they chat away in sort of a combination of, of English and Portuguese. And then, of course, there are uh, little groups who sort of um, chat away in their, their native languages as well. I've got a couple of boys from Poland who, you know, at break time, you'll often, of course, you'll hear them chatting away in Polish. Um, and the 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 mum is naturally very concerned and she's worried about the the interaction and all the rest of it but the way she spoke to me this morning about uh her daughter it was almost as if she wants me to to mother her and to kind of you know pat her on the head and say they're there and of course uh, in you know in different cultures they're a lot more sort of uh, touchy feely or so she'd like to she liked to explain to me and she was sort of explained to me you know where I'm from we're much more sort of motherly towards children and all the rest of it and I felt like saying to her I understand that and I understand what you're trying to say but I actually you know I work in year five I'm not kind of at the lower end of the school and also where I'm from in the UK you know we in terms of safeguarding all the rest of it we're told to be very mindful about children's personal space our personal space etc and she kept going on and on at me about sort of the the fact that she felt I was uh, not giving her child enough attention and all the rest of it and I thought she actually just thinks I'm she's basically telling me that I'm completely emotionally constipated and I thought I'm not. I'm I'm a teacher. I'm not, you know, I, I actually pride myself on my emotions and all the rest of it. And I just 
I had to really kind of keep it together and think, well, hang on, I'm, I am trying here. I am doing everything I can um, in terms of interventions for your child, in terms of who I buddied her up with, all the rest of it. And it's, it's very hard to, to, and I'm sure you've all been in situations like this, to, to hold your tongue when someone who is not in your position. And I think teaching is definitely one of those professions where people feel they can do the job better than you, or they're very keen to tell you how to do your job and where you're going wrong. And with everything else going on at the moment, I just was not in the mood to be told that I had the emotional capacity of a potato. Uh, so that was this morning and it kind of set me off on the on the back foot. But hey ho, there we go. But as a colleague did point out to me, it's probably better to be emotionally constipated than have emotional diarrhea. I'm not sure what he meant by that, but <laughs> make of that what you will. But that is enough poo talk. Let's move on because I feel otherwise we're going to go down yet another weird and wonderful theme. Um, what else? Um like football players i don't know what you mean there harry i'm sure you'll make i'm sure you'll tell me in a minute i'm sure i've missed missed something there um what else oh i'm off tree planting tomorrow with the children who do turn up to school so in the Sintra hills near near where we uh where we are we have a tree planting initiative that uh has been going on for years and years but unfortunately has been due to covid Another thing due to COVID has been on hiatus, but we each class in the school takes it in turn to go. And my turn is tomorrow, although I am feeling and I think this is my my hypochondria setting in. I am feeling a bit croaky, um, but I am aware that I do tend to grossly overreact to things. So I will be doing my my LFT after the show and I'm sure I am absolutely fine. So I will be going tree planting tomorrow and I will not be hiding in a corner, rocking, suffering from COVID for, for the second time. Oh, Harry, like football players, we think they can do a better job. We think we can do a better job than them. I mean, given Arsenal's track record, I think I probably could, Harry. Uh, and hooray, trees are great. Yes, trees are great. So that's going to be a wonderful, um, a wonderful day out tomorrow. What else? Oh, I did want to say shows I've enjoyed this week. Uh, the one that stuck out for me this week, and if you haven't listened to it, uh, Tabitha's, I think it was the breakfast show. I can't remember what day of the week it was. Uh, a couple of days ago, maybe. But it'll be on Spotify. It'll be on Podbean. You'll be able to track it down. But Tabitha took us on a thoroughly entertaining journey through the sort of moral panics that have ensued around us. And I'm putting this in inverted commas. Loony lefty teachers. Um, and she questioned whether we are uh, circling back to the 80s where, again, as is a running theme throughout teaching, and as I've mentioned already, people were very keen to tell us how to do our jobs, what we can and can't teach and what we can and can't talk about. And even now, I still find myself uh, pausing for thought because even when one of my little girls brought up something to do with racism the other day, I wanted to answer her and I want and I did and we had a conversation a discussion about it but all the time I was thinking have I gone too far have I said something I shouldn't and so oh but just yeah just have a listen to Tabitha's show because I think it'll resonate with with you as it did with me and she has a brilliant way of taking you on a journey and telling you a story so 
go forth and listen. And finally, in the weekly update, I am plugging my What's for Dinner feature. So those of you that are in the studio, I'm going to expect you to tell me what you are having for dinner, however embarrassed you are by it, because let's face it, we all have fish finger and chip nights and there is nothing to be ashamed of. I am actually having a cheats, what I call a cheats pizza, because I found some Italian style flatbread in Lidl. Um, other supermarkets are available. Um, and I'm going to basically, yeah, turn it into a pizza with whatever is in my fridge. And I know, I don't think she's listening in today, but I know Freya, who is a regular contributor on Teachers Talk Radio, does actually live and work in Italy. And I feel that I would have to apologize to her in advance for the sin I'm about to commit against Italian food, but actually it works quite well. So that's the latest update in terms of debacles in the life of teacher Lucy. After the news, we are going to get stuck in to this evening's show. Oh, but before we go into the news, uh, Anika's just said to me, I think it'll be another night of takeaway, maybe some dessert too. Good on you. Holly, fish fingers were last night. Tonight is garlic, chicken and veg. I respect both of those choices. So news time. And when we come back, we will start talking about games and their place in the classroom. <laughs> This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn, U-P-L-E-A-R-N.co.uk. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group, 
If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In England, the Education Secretary, Nadim Sahawi, is to introduce new guidance for teachers to ensure a balanced discussion of politics in lessons. Mr Sahawi stated in The Sun on Sunday that teachers must handle political discussions in the classroom sensitively. He said, While there is a clear need for schools to address political issues in the classroom from time to time, this must not be done in a partisan way. No school should be encouraging young people to pin their colours to a particular political mast. As the Secretary of State for Education, I want to make sure that each and every child is given the opportunity to come to their own opinions without being swayed by what others think. Mr Sahawi said schools must assess all materials relating to political issues to ensure they are appropriate and will be provided with a framework for discussion and de-escalation in cases of disputes. The guidance is to be published next week. Redbridge Council's Schools Tree Planting Initiative has involved school children across Redbridge in the planting of more than 80 new trees in the borough. The council initiative is part of efforts to increase tree coverage in the borough and give children hands-on experience in planting and caring for trees, while learning about the importance of trees and greenery in helping to tackle climate change. Head of Coppice Primary School, Michael Fernandez said, it has been an amazing experience for our entire school as children from nursery all the way through to year six have had the chance to be part of planting our new orchard. We feel very fortunate that our existing nature garden has now been expanded to include apple, pear and plum trees. During the planting sessions, pupils learnt about the important environmental and health benefits trees bring, including helping clean up the air we breathe, provide shade and create natural habitats for wildlife. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, for some it's half term, for others there's another week to wait. Today I'm going to talk about a YouTube hack. We all know there are some great explanation videos out there, but sometimes we just want to use a short clip, not the whole thing. Did you know you can save a link to start at a time that you specify? If you didn't, here's the simplest way to do it. Go to the YouTube video you want and pause where you want to start. Hover the pointer over the red line that shows where you're up to in the video and a red circle will appear. Right click on the red circle and a menu pops up. On the menu, select copy video URL at current time. 
Now you have a link that will take you to that time in the video. Okay, now we can start a video at any time we want. There is a way to use this to our advantage. I don't know about you, but the ads at the start of some clips can be rather annoying. If you start your video one second in, using the method just described, more often than not, you'll avoid having to sit through the adverts. Please remember to keep yourself safe. Anyone can upload anything to sites like YouTube. Please make sure you have watched the whole clip yourself before playing it in the classroom. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Good evening. You're back with me, Lucy Newberger. And wasn't that a fantastic tip from Two Minute Tech. Try saying that fast. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No, I'm always, always fascinated by what Steve has to tell us. And so that that's a great one, which I will use. Um, I've also been the person that's fallen victim to not watching videos all the way through before using them. My previous head teacher at my current school luckily had a very good sense of humour, but was covering me one day. And we were doing Romans or Greeks or something. And there was a video to do with Sparta and of course any of you who know about Sparta know exactly the kinds of things they got up to. This video was not PG. It wasn't even yeah, it no. And luckily the <laughs> the the head teacher did was very forgiving, but he said, Let it be a lesson to you, Lucy, to make sure that you do indeed watch clips the entire way through. So I absolutely agree with Steve on that one. Anyway enough waffle. So let's get into it. Let's talk about games and playing games in the classroom. So <laughs> I know Harry's excited. Yes, get to the point, Lucy. So this show came about while searching the deep recesses of my mind for a subject to prattle on about. And I had a... Oh, I don't know what Harry. Why have you said whoops there? Oh, I'm sure he's <laughs> not sure what he's what he's getting getting out of. We'll come back to him. Um, so my class loved to play a game, and they I kind of use it towards the end of an end of a lesson. Usually, it's an easy thing to bribe them with, and uh, they're usually math games, word games. But I want these games always to be as inclusive as possible to try and get everybody involved so everybody has a fair chance at succeeding, if you like. And so I put it out to Twitter for support to suggest me some games that I could play with my class that don't always have the most able mathematicians succeeding or that are EAL friendly, for example. And um, I had some great responses, actually. Uh, Briley Habib, who's not, I don't think she's listening in today, but she's another person, another regular contributor to Teachers Talk Radio. She came back to me with something called Rub Out that I had to, because I was very tired at the time, I had to ask for repeated explanations for. But the basic gist is that a correct answer allows you to get rid of your opponent's dashes that are drawn on their board. Uh, so... I think is pretty great. Uh, but it does require further explanation. And I'm sure Briley, if I ask her to post a more detailed 
explanation of that game on Twitter, she will happily do that for you. But meanwhile, while Briley was getting in touch, this also seemed to reignite something in Harry Waters, my fellow TTR host. And he very kindly, and this is something I will put in my show notes, or he will post or retweet or We'll hash it out between us, it'll be fine. Um, sent me a blog post with a list of games that I'm actually currently working through, Harry. Um, Stop the Bus is proving very popular at the moment. And again, all these games that we talk about, that we mention, I will find you explanations for, I will put in the show notes. I'm sure there'll be people who will help me out with this. So if you're sitting there thinking, I have never heard of any of these, don't panic. We just do not have... I wish we had three, four hours to go through all of these in detail, but sadly, we do not. I should also say that Harry is in the throes of a series of videos on his Instagram uh, explaining his fistful of fillers, which is uh, the games he talks about in his blog post, and kind of going through them. And I think it's really sort of teed him up to kind of get talking about games again and get talking about why they are so important and why he uses them. So that'll all be in the notes later on. So coming back a step, what do we think about games? Are they a useful learning tool? Are they a filler? Are they a gimmick? And again, there were people on Twitter who sat on the other side of this. I and many of the people I spoke to are very pro games, love them, use them in a variety of ways. But there are also people out there, teachers out there, who feel that games take away from valuable curriculum time and that there is no real use for them and that actually it's more of a primary school thing. Now, I don't know how any of you feel about that. As a primary teacher, yes, I'm a believer in games. I can't really comment on the secondary side of it, but that particular thought process did come from a secondary teacher and I understood where she was coming from in the sense that particularly in recent years when we've lost so much classroom time, how in her mind maybe there's that our time is so limited, particularly when you're getting towards exams, that actually maybe games are not the way she wanted to go. But as Harry rightly said, you know, there is a possibility to make games for everyone. And uh, I tend to agree with that. But uh, research suggests, and yes, I went into research mode, as I always do, and research suggests that games and play have uh, a place in our lives from very, very early on. It's, you think about your, well, if you can remember that far back, um, you think about the games you used to play when you were really, really small. You were learning. It was part of your, your formative your formative time, whether it was stacking blocks, things involving counting. And from your earliest days in primary school, it's those games that they use to hook you in and to, to help you learn. And I'm just referring to uh, a document that I've got here from the Lego Foundation. So, of course, they're going to believe in, in games. No, Harry, not squid games. Thank you very much. Um, Actually, on a side note, I had to recently break up some year threes on the on the playground who were who were playing red light, green light and pretending to shoot each other in the head. So that wasn't the greatest fun I've ever had. Um, Holly has said it depends on the game. If you're mucking around with making a dice or similar before actually getting to the game, then it's a waste of time. I think that is probably fair enough, but that is from a secondary perspective. 
But going back to the Lego Foundation and learning through play, they conducted a whole research report about play in early development and connecting play in education. I'm just going to find the spot. This is the trouble. I always print out things and I have so much stuff in front of me that it all ends up all over the place and in very tiny print as well. But um, children achieve a richer understanding by connecting the concepts and skills they are learning with real world examples and playful experiences and game experiences engage in this type of deeper learning, applying knowledge to different situations and sparking new ideas at home and in school. And they also go on to talk about how play and games are part of lifelong learning from ages 12 and above. And again, this, this will feed into obviously secondary school age. And today's world is constantly changing and play and games help children learn how to collaborate, innovate and problem solve, which are skill sets that they'll need to thrive in the uncertainty of today's world. It's a little bit dark, but the full detail, I'll post you a link to that because I think that is very important when talking about games in the way that we use them because it starts so young. Anika has popped in to say, uh, I've used games when teaching mathematics in secondary and also whilst teaching in higher education. I think it depends on its purpose. Of course it does. And I think that is a, a huge, a huge priority as well. So where have we got to? Oh yeah. So the other, so moving on from kind of the early years start and from yeah, the lower end of the school. Um, there is so much research, and again, more research that I found that said that there is a huge advantage to playing games in the classroom. And again, I'm going to file through my papers here. Um, where was this from? Well, the article's called, and again, I'll post, oh, it's from Teach Starter. That was it. That there are the 10 benefits of classroom games for kids. So they, uh, went into research and said that games can be incredibly motivating and studies show that playing games in the classroom can increase overall motivation and I think I maybe use at the moment I use that motivation in the wrong way in that I use them as a bit of a kind of bribery thing right if we get my side of it done then you can play a game and I don't think that's necessarily what's meant by motivation but it does say in this article, you can they can be used as a classroom management tool to help motivate. So maybe I'm not so wrong after all. Student attentiveness. Um, so using different instructional approaches in the classroom, such as playing games, enable students to encounter uh, the content that you're talking about. So whether it's primary or secondary level in various ways, making it easier for them to pay attention. And I'm going to come back to this attention thing later in the show with another aspect of classroom games that I want to talk about, because I don't necessarily know how I feel about that. But then I suppose the argument is that children learn in different ways, children engage in different ways, and particularly and I'm going to say it again, in the wake of COVID, we are having to rethink our approaches in the classroom, how to hook them back in, how to make them thrive in a classroom environment because they were so used to sitting at home by themselves and they didn't have that interaction with their peers. So I suppose bringing those games back in and teaching them a set of rules and something that they have to do in order to play this game and to play with each other, it also, and further on it says in this article as well, that it increases class cooperation, something that I 
have said to you before that I'm really struggling with at the moment. Studies show children as young as three enjoy working in teams versus individual activities. And I think that is true and something we do really, really need to promote. But you don't need to tell us that kids, uh, getting kids to work together isn't always smooth. Um, research at Nottingham Trent University in the UK uh, found that games in the classroom allow students to learn how to work together as a team, take turns, build respect, listen to others and play fairly. Harry has said, uh, I play games in online classrooms too. I'm the world's biggest game fan. Well, hold your horses because we will get to, we will get to that side of it as well. Probably because I never grew up. Well, I think I don't I don't think we need to necessarily say that games and gaming and anything like that is to is to do with age. I think people do tend to be a bit snobbish about games, gaming and things like that because it is something that kids talk about constantly. It is something that I, certainly from an online point of view, don't really understand too much about. But I think, and we will come back to it, that there is a purpose to, to those as well. Graham Stanley has commented uh, saying, I'm a big fan of using games with learners. Games can motivate as well as make a learning experience more memorable. I co-wrote a book for teachers about using computer games with language learners 10 years ago. Graham, if you are willing to give us the name of that, it can also go into my show notes. And if you are on Twitter and willing to share uh, a Twitter handle for me as well, so people can um, see what you're up to and the kind of work you do, I'd be enormously grateful. Anika said, as an only child, my three-year-old has benefited so much from learning through play at nursery. She's learned so many skills she wouldn't have learned from at home. And that, again, goes back to those games at school being so formative in terms of socialisation, which we do have to learn how to do. And I think, certainly, and I've definitely said this before, my children at school are having to relearn how to be around one another. And I think by using games to do that, and certainly I've used parachute games recently as well, still keeping it within the theme of, of, of you know, learning something and all the rest of it. But to go outside and to have them work out how to sort this game out and how to even fold the parachute at the end of the session was such an enormous team skill for them. And actually, they spent a lot of time screeching at each other. And my partner teacher and I stood on the side of the playground and said, well, until you figure out how to fold this up together, we're just going to stand here. It didn't help that it was quite windy that day, the poor things. I mean, they got there eventually, but uh, that was uh, quite a, a trying, a trying day. I've also got another article here that talks about uh, reasons to play games in the classroom. And this is from Milady. Lady, I think that's how you say it. Anyway, it'll be in my show notes and you can you can hound me for my pronunciation of things later. And again, they talk about engagement of students and playing games is one of the easiest ways to engage. It is engaging because it involves them, capturing their attention and makes learning fun. Ugh, makes learning fun. Now, I again, I don't know. I don't have an issue with that as such. I and maybe this is me with my primary hat on and having worked, I mean, the lowest I've worked is, the lowest I've worked in a school is year three, but I know that certainly from talking to my colleagues in Key Stage 1, EYFS, making learning fun is a big part of their thought process, their planning, etc. But then I think there definitely are teachers out there, maybe some who are primary as well, but certainly secondary teachers, who fun is not on the agenda for them because they don't feel that that's, 
their place and that's their role in the subject that they teach or in the area that they teach. So I know that there will be people out there that will have cringed when I said make learning fun. And I get it. I understand that. Oh, Graham has very kindly shared his details. So it is at uh, capital E-L-T Graham is your Twitter handle. And the book was called Digital Play, Computer Games and Language Aims. It won a British Council ELT Innovations Award for teacher resources. Well, fantastic, Graham. So thank you for that. And I will make sure that that appears um, in the in the information that goes with this show. So I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Holly, I might adapt one of the army cadet command tasks to help teach students how to build a story. My year nines need to know how to work with one another as well as enhancing their creative writing. I mean, I definitely feel that my, I mean, I'm talking about year five level now, but I'm, I'm having a very similar issue just at a younger age and certainly trying to get these kids to tap into their imagination is proving proving very difficult but uh, if let me know what you come up with holly and how it goes for you i'd be very intrigued to know games so going back to this uh, milady article apparently and again you may or may not disagree with agree or disagree with this uh, gaming or using games in class, apparently, according to this article, makes us better educators. Anyone can stand in front of a class and read out of a book. Well, that's vaguely insulting because, I mean, the only time I do that is if I'm reading a story. Excellent educators will find a way to take the content in the book and bring it to life. Oh, gosh, I'm not. This, <laughs> this does get better, I promise. It doesn't matter what discipline you're teaching, what level of student you have, or whether or not you are in the classroom or student I think they mean, they've said student salon here. I'm guessing they mean kind of student, what do they call it? Uh, the common room. That was it when I was in sixth form. You can find a game that can be used to support what you do. Just about any game out there can be adapted to your content. Uh, I think some fit better than, better than others. And I don't, I think it's, actually makes makes to me that's a little bit disingenuous because I don't think your ability to use games in class determines what kind of teacher you are and whether you use them or not doesn't determine whether you are a great teacher or not so I think we have to take that with a little bit of well a pinch of salt as they say and of course the obvious thing is students love it of course they do I mean from the games that I've selected from Harry's list through to the ones that are kind of in my own sort of personal arsenal are always going to be huge hits and I'm constantly asked can we play a game can we play a game can we play a game and uh, it breaks up the monotony of classwork it does and sometimes you do just need to zhuzh kids up you do just need to get them on their feet even if it is times table firing or even if it is shoot the sheriff or whatever you play sometimes you do just need that little the lift, and I think Harry would uh, would agree with me on that as well. And again, it alludes to being uh, interactive helps us retain knowledge more easily. Arguably, yes. Builds relationships with other students. Again, very important. Helps helps remember and retain information. Uh, again, I don't I don't know how I feel about that one. I think sometimes yes, and if it's certainly certain word games to do with uh, vocabulary and vocabulary building. I think that can be very useful, but often I'm not playing for them to retain anything. I'm playing to see kind of, you know, I'm just playing for fun, but maybe I do need to think a bit more carefully about that. 
it's fun. It brings us together. We have fun and we learn stuff at the same time. Well, you'd like to hope so. I like the silliness of it. We can be ourselves and have fun and help us learn. I think that, again, as well, we have to be careful here in that... I, I don't know about you, but I do feel that I am myself when I'm teaching, or at least a version of myself with boundaries that is presentable to children Monday to Friday between the hours of 8.30 and 4pm. So I don't, I, I think we have to be mindful of the fact that including games is great and part of our teaching and all the rest of it, but it's not just an excuse to to be silly or an excuse to to do something else it is an excuse to, to maybe lighten up a bit but i think that we need to remember that we're not there to just play games as teachers we're not there to just have fun with them as much as it would be lovely to do we do also have a very important job as well so i think that that one is is true but again we have to think carefully about how much we're using them, where we're using them, etc. It puts us all in a good mood and makes the whole day good. Yes, I mean, it does. It can be, it can. Certainly, I when I send them off to lunch, having played a game, I do think they, they skip out the classroom with a spring in the step. But I also do feel sometimes that they feel they've got one over on me because I've sometimes, and this is definitely true, I've sometimes got fed up and gone, do you know what? Yeah, I give up stuff it, we'll play a game, and we've got five minutes left, seven minutes left, whatever it is. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe on some occasions I am just copping out. You can be the judge. Graham, Graham Stanley, education, not edutainment. Now that, I think, is the statement of the show so far. And you are absolutely right, Graham, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think that there is a danger in having this conversation that we lose sight of who we are and what our role is and that we are meant to be taken seriously. We're not a joke and we're not just there to, to put on a comedy show or let kids do what they want to do. And I do think certainly sometimes in, in my job, and it might be my still, despite the fact that I am working in a private school, I, some would argue I sold my soul, but I do sometimes feel that I'm kind of the, sometimes with some of these children, not all, and my classes are, are delightful, but sometimes I do feel that they just think I'm there to to pass the time and to allow them to do what they want to do and if I don't allow them to do what they want to do then they're just going to sit there like they're on a deck chair at the beach doing nothing and that's not what I'm here for it's not what any of us are here for so I think it it's it's about striking a very delicate balance which is going to be different depending on the age you teach depending on the class you teach for example my class last year Every time I tried to play a game, it would descend into absolute chaos because they just couldn't work together. They couldn't be quiet long enough to hear somebody else's answer. Whereas this year's class, I can do it, but I have to be strategic about when I do it. And sometimes I am not strategic about it. It has to be said. But, you know, we, we live and learn. And I think we're always we're always there to, to learn from each other. And partly why I do these shows is often because it's a thinly veiled attempt to, to gather information from other people and to learn from the listeners and to learn from people on Twitter, which 
is why we often joke on TTR that it's the best CPD you'll get for free. Because it is. And you basically get to get the CPD that you want, which is also a great thing. And um, I spoke about CPD on my show a couple of weeks ago. So if you want to have a listen to, to that, you are also free to do so. So back to the point, there are, so we've talked about the fact that there are a huge number of positives for children from motivation and problem solving through to simply breaking up that monotony with bookwork that can set in. And I try certainly at primary level to, in terms of bookwork, because I know particularly now the concentration span of children is not particularly long. So if you're going to sit them there for an hour, and hope that you're going to get a solid hours work out of them. That's never going to happen. That's never, ever going to happen. But um, now more than ever, I do feel that these games have a place in class. And I think it's a good leveler for them. I think that in terms of getting on with each other again, in terms of finding that camaraderie again, which is, and again, I don't know how you lot feel about this, but... I talk about this so much, that camaraderie does seem to be dwindling. In some cases, it's gone. But occasionally, I do get flashes when I play games in class, I do get those flashes of, okay, you are figuring things out, you are turning to the person next to you, you are figuring it out. And sometimes they just, it's, it's, I can't even begin to describe to you what it's like, they just descend into absolute chaos, screeching at each other. Anika said, oh, I had a year eight class who I had to have a strict schedule with because otherwise behavior was unmanageable. It was always a 10 minute test at the start, examples and application, independent work, AFL throughout, and then a short test to end. Other approaches in games were trialed, but they caused so many issues and disrupted the learning, the learning time that it wasn't worth it. So I think that's in relation to the point I made about it is often dependent on the class that you have as to whether you can use games and you can use those in inverted commas more fun activities with them but of course as Nika has said there are those classes that you just you just can't and it is a shame and you know some would say okay well you you obviously didn't try hard enough to find to find a way or to find your inroad with them and I absolutely disagree with that because I think that sometimes the dynamic just isn't there or the the motivation to want to play games just isn't there or to to want to work alongside each other or to want to have that teamwork and that's okay each cohort each class is different and we have to treat them as such and i think that for a for a long time sort of earlier on in my career i tried to apply the same principles each time and although you know the crux of it is always going to be fairly similar in terms of behavior management, in terms of what you need to do on a on a yearly basis or on a termly basis. But each one of those classes is going to be different that walks through your door. Each one of those children is going to be different. The way they interact is going to be different. So it's it's a case of often reading the room as well. And I sometimes do not read the room perhaps as well as I should. Right, now, going back to another thing that I know I think Harry is also itching to talk about as well, is I couldn't really do a show about games in class and the way we play them and things like that without talking about 
actual gaming and the use of technology as part of those games in class. And we've all come across things like Kahoot and I've also found research, which I'll share with you in a minute, about using things like Minecraft as well in class. And I was, the initial thought that went through me was, what? Minecraft in class? How on earth is that going to work? But I swallowed my cynicism and I'll come back to that in a moment. But Graham has just said, uh, I've recently become interested in the use of escape room games with learners. Escape room games are all about cooperation and problem solving and there are ways you can turn your classroom into an escape room. By that, Graham, do you mean locking them in there, going for a cup of coffee and coming back a, an hour later and seeing what has happened? <laughs> I'm assuming that's not what you mean. I'm assuming you're not condoning a Lord of the Flies situation, however tempting that may be. But uh, I'd be intrigued again. I'd be intrigued to know kind of how you how you get that to work. So please do share share with us because I'm I'm fascinated by all these things that I'm finding out. To be honest, so going through the bits of paper again. Aha! Here's I found it. So Edutopia. Honestly, side note: some of these education websites, they obviously, or I feel. Somebody has sat in a room and tried to come up with a website name or a website link and thought, right, well, this is taken, that's taken, education.com is taken, all the kind of vaguely sensible things are taken. It's like, oh, I know, Edutopia, a sort of cross, a sort of combination of education, I don't know, utopia, I'm guessing, maybe not, I don't know, but I digress as usual. So I wanted to discover a bit more about how um how gaming and digital games and things like that could be used in lessons and how and what the positives are because initially and i'm sure there are still teachers and not even necessarily what and i'm going to describe them as old school teachers and please don't come at me what i mean by old school people who've been in the teaching game haha for an extended period of time I think tend to be more wary of the technological side. They're not allergic to it, some are, but warier of it, more questioning of it. But this particular article from Edutopia, uh, how to use gameplay to enhance classroom learning, it says that research shows that using games in teaching can help increase student participation, foster social emotional learning and motivate students to take risk, take risks, plural, sorry. And they address because I thought, well, again, you know, gaming in class, surely not. Surely we're not at the stage where in order to make a lesson stimulating, we need to use the games that these children are going home and spending hours on. Surely that we have not come to this. And I did swallow my cynicism, I promise you. Graham, the website breakout.edu is a good place to start to learn how to use escape rooms in the classroom, escape games in the classroom. I'll be checking that out and making sure that goes in the show notes as well. So thank you, Graham, again. So gameplay in school isn't just about having fun, though. Uh, teachers who are increasingly using games and gaming principles to enhance instruction from Minecraft to game to the game of life to Werewolf, um, Harry, I don't know if any of these are jumping out at you as games that you know, to effective games like March Mammal Madness, no idea what that is, um, 
then they encourages low stakes competition and can provide a more collaborative and engaging classroom experience, especially for students who struggle to focus or find their niche in learning. During the pandemic, of course, games have also provided an important outlet that keeps kids connected and motivated remotely. So on the one hand, you've got a very positive approach saying that actually using games, gaming, is bringing people together, enhancing collaboration, tapping into those kids that maybe struggle or maybe don't have quite the connection that other kids do with with whatever it is you happen to be learning but there is still that counter argument I feel that still does sit in my brain somewhere I understand and respect what that research is saying and I do appreciate it and I think that done in and again in inverted commas the right way it could be very effective but there is also still part of my cynicism that that creeps through that thinks well for goodness sake, I'm trying to run a classroom. I'm, I'm already using classroom games. I'm already using everything I can. I'm throwing the kitchen sink at trying to keep these children engaged. Are you really telling me that at this point, the answer is just to stick Minecraft in front of them? And I think that's probably gr a grossly simplistic analogy of actually what it, what is being said here. And that the the encouraging of using these games is not saying no you're not just going to stick them on some laptops in and let them play minecraft while you put your feet on your desk and have a cup of tea i think that it's it would require very careful planning and of course understanding of this tech and how to use it and we've talked about this i know other hosts have talked about this and about how increasingly increasing the use of technology in schools is great and the use of all these things is great but you need to tell people how to do it. You need to teach people how to do it. You need to provide that CPD to, to make teachers comfortable with it and to, to use it to use it effectively. Graham once again has chipped in to say, Minecraft has been a feature of TESOL's um, Evo, Electronic Village Online, for several years now. Um, TESOL, I believe, is similar to TEFL. Am I right in thinking that, Graham? So teaching English as a foreign language. Um, for several years now, uh, teachers share ideas how, how best to use Minecraft with learners for language learning. Ah, see, that's something that also came up in my research as well about there were a lot of websites, TEFL um, and similar, that encouraged the use. And I think I remember when I did my teaching English as a foreign language course, I think part of one of the modules was to do with what games could you use with your learners, be it children, be it adults, to encourage them to, to use language, to explain things to each other. So I absolutely uh, advocate that. And maybe, again, that's, that's a space where something like this could be very effective, particularly with online courses. And I know Harry said earlier that he's used games online and I'd be intrigued to know Harry how you did that effectively and how you how you helped your learners while they were online because to me I'm still and again I think this is the 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 slightly old school elements of my teaching where I struggle without people in front of me and without being in in real life and real time I struggle to to manage a game effectively so yeah be interested to know how you how you do that there's also another article i found which is in my heap somewhere oh it's here where i actually went into academic journal territory it's been a while since i've done that oh graham tesol is the largest teacher association for teaching english speakers of other languages based in the us yeah so it is it is it is what i thought thank you graham for the clarification 
So going back into the, the world of academia, I found an article called uh, Press Play for Learning, a framework, to, a framework to guide serious computer game use in classroom, emphasis on the word serious here. And uh, I'm just going to quickly read you part of the abstract because I think it's quite important what they studied and what, what they found out. So it said computer gaming is a global phenomenon and there has been rapid growth in serious games for learning. An emergent body of evidence demonstrates how serious games can be used in primary and secondary school classrooms. Despite the popularity of serious games and their pedagogical, I never say that properly, potential, there are a few specialised frameworks to guide teachers in choosing and using serious games. Uh, and then it goes on to explain the purpose of the paper. Um, and they drew, they drew on research to provide an overview of the nature and the uses of serious games. And what they developed, and again, I will put this in my show notes for you, is a sort of five-part diagram, which acts as a teacher's guide to choosing and using serious games. And I won't go into too much detail on this because you can read it at your leisure. But the five headings are learners, pedagogy, assessment, technical context, and curriculum. So just to kind of give you a little bit more detail on those things, they, in order to choose games effectively in terms of curriculum, they say they want teachers to consider, is the game aligned with curriculum stages and learning objectives? Um, and in terms of learners, for example, is it developmentally and age appropriate? Because of course we do with the use of the internet, we have an ongoing uh, safeguarding issue in our mind and making sure that we are using things that are age appropriate and that we're not Spending too much time with screen time and all the rest of it, because I know parents have a concern about that as well. In terms of pedagogy, uh, does the game fit in with the overall approach? Uh, how does it work in terms of planning, in terms of your sequence of lessons? So there's all these things to consider. It's a lot. And again, in terms of that dreaded word assessment, how will learning with, within and beyond the game be formatively and summatively assessed? And can progress in the game be saved and reaccessed for a student as self-assessment and reflection? So what this research is saying is that it absolutely can be done and you absolutely can use these games, these electronic games and these serious games, as they call them, as part of your lessons. But you do need to ser seriously seriously consider how you are doing that which I think is, is is fair enough and it's actually I haven't I confess I've not read the entire thing in detail I reverted back to university Lucy where I I read the abstract and was like yes that is relevant that is something I can reference in my essay slash show and don't lie you've all done it too uh, oh, Harry is off. Got to go and eat my lettuce. Cheers for a wicked show. And actually, Harry did say, I meant to say after the, the break, that uh, he is a wholesome so-and-so because the lettuce he is eating is from the school allotment. So absolutely bravo, Harry. Go and enjoy. And thank you for participating. I really do appreciate it. <laughs> so we can send him off on his merry way. Oh, what else? Where have I got to? This is the thing, I've done the exact same thing I did the other week where I got very excited writing my notes. And it, I've done that thing where the handwriting, it started off relatively neatly and it all made sense and it followed a followed a, a linear pathway and it followed my thought process. And then sort of a few pages in, it turns into something that I can only say is akin to to a ransom note. So we've got, we're reaching, we're reaching the ransom note stage of my of my note taking. So what I wanted to say in terms of online games was that, like all these things, I think that used in, in moderation, it can be very, very effective. But 
I think that onboarding your students with something like that is never going to be difficult. You say to them, right, we're going to be using Minecraft and they're not listening to the rest of that sentence. So I think it would have to be something that they would have to be very aware of the purpose. They would have to understand why it is they're using this particular game, whether it be Minecraft, whatever else, Among Us. I do do Among Us maths with my with my kids where I give them a series of calculations on the board with a, a different Among Us character next to them and they have to tell me who the imposter is. But that's about as far as my, my digital gamification has gone so far. But yes, I do think them understanding the purpose is really, really important. And then, you know, they do have the 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 power to be to be good. I think I think that 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 is definitely a possibility. So that is my take on games and gaming in the classroom. I'm going to play the news one more time, and then when we come back, we will wrap up and conclude this evening's show. <laughs> This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn, U-P-L-E-A-R-N.co.uk. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn.
England, the Education Secretary, Nadeem Sahawi, is to introduce new guidance for teachers to ensure a balanced discussion of politics in lessons. Mr Sahawi stated in The Sun on Sunday that teachers must handle political discussions in the classroom sensitively. He said, While there is a clear need for schools to address political issues in the classroom from time to time, this must not be done in a partisan way. No school should be encouraging young people to pin their colours to a particular political mast. As the Secretary of State for Education, I want to make sure that each and every child is given the opportunity to come to their own opinions without being swayed by what others think. Mr Sahawi said schools must assess all materials relating to political issues to ensure they are appropriate and will be provided with a framework for discussion and de-escalation in cases of disputes. The guidance is to be published next week. Redbridge Council's Schools Tree Planting Initiative has involved school children across Redbridge in the planting of more than 80 new trees in the borough. The council initiative is part of efforts to increase tree coverage in the borough and give children hands-on experience in planting and caring for trees, while learning about the importance of trees and greenery in helping to tackle climate change. Head of Coppice Primary School, Michael Fernandez, said it has been an amazing experience for our entire school as children from nursery all the way through to year six have had the chance to be part of planting our new orchard. We feel very fortunate that our existing nature garden has now been expanded to include apple, pear and plum trees. During the planting sessions, pupils learnt about the important environmental and health benefits trees bring, including helping clean up the air we breathe, provide shade and create natural habitats for wildlife. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, for some it's half term, for others there's another week to wait. Today I'm going to talk about a YouTube hack. We all know there are some great explanation videos out there, but sometimes we just want to use a short clip, not the whole thing. Did you know you can save a link to start at a time that you specify? If you didn't, here's the simplest way to do it. Go to the YouTube video you want and pause where you want to start. Hover the pointer over the red line that shows where you're up to in the video and a red circle will appear. Right click on the red circle and a menu pops up. On the menu, select copy video URL at current time. Now you have a link that will take you to that time in the video. Okay, now we can start a video at any time we want. There is a way to use this to our advantage. I don't know about you, but the ads at the start of some clips can be rather annoying. If you start your video one second in, using the method just described, more often than not, you'll avoid having to sit through the adverts. Please remember to keep yourself safe. 
Anyone can upload anything to sites like YouTube. Please make sure you have watched the whole clip yourself before playing it in the classroom. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome back. You're with me, Lucy Newberger, and this evening we have been discussing games and their use in the classroom. We've sort of gone, as usual with my shows, all over the place from just normal everyday classroom games all the way through to games using technology, video games, etc. I am, however, going to pause just and deviate slightly because I've just realised Graham Stanley, who I've been talking to like he's <laughs> just just another listener. Not that we have, you know, just any old listeners on this show. We have fantastic listeners across the board. But uh, I should congratulate Graham, who actually hosted his debut show today and who I've only just realised, rather embarrassingly, has joined the Teachers Talk Radio family. So welcome, Graham. So thank you uh, for not only uh, hosting a show, which I will listen back to uh, when I have a moment and when I find it on Podbean or on Spotify or any of your chosen podcast platforms, but also thank you for contributing so beautifully to, to my show this evening. It's been very very enlightening so I do appreciate it Anika as well you've also contributed beautifully Holly it's been great to have you so thank you I do I do appreciate it it does it does break up the 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 sound of my own thoughts when other people have their say and 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 contributing it is lovely so I do I do truly appreciate appreciate that and it also breaks up the tangents that I sometimes wander off on so in conclusion to this whole chat about games in the classroom, and again, as usual, I don't think there really is one conclusion you can come to. I think we have to be mindful about any kind of gamification or gaming or gameplay we use in the classroom, whether it's our, our old school games that are just with whiteboards and pens or voices or whatever it is, all the way through to to our games on on tablets on laptops etc i think that there is certainly a place for all these things and whether it be right down at eyfs level all the way through into higher education all the way through into things like when people do tefl courses or when people are, are learning online and we've talked about the fact that it's it's important to know your crowd, your class, your audience, whatever you want to call them, and to 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 do a bit of trial and error with these things to see if you can include them, to see if you can work games into your into your teaching, into your lessons. Because for the most part, you will find a place for these things, even if you are on the fence about how how games fit in and whether it's something you can use higher up in education, secondary, etc. But I think that there are definitely opportunities. However, as I said previously in the show, I also think it's important to to respect those who who don't want to use games. I don't think the I think the there is a danger of kind of oh well you're not a fun teacher you don't get the fun teacher hat and you you don't play games with us or you don't do this and that with us therefore you know we 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 don't like you or don't respect you. I don't think it should turn into that and I think there is and certainly. I, I know I've made the the mistake of, of wanting to be liked and wanting to to get a class on side and, and I've used games for that purpose as well. And I don't necessarily think that is the that is the the right approach because 
you're not there to be their friend at the end of the day. And as we as we've also mentioned, you're not there to be an edutainer, I believe, is what is the is the phrase that or the word that Graham coined. Um, we are there to to teach. So it's balances everything making sure we strike that balance and making sure we use these things carefully and that it doesn't just become an expectation that our kids or our children rather are going to walk into class and expect those games and the fun in inverted commas to happen. Holly has said, uh, it's always about being effective. If games get you there, then fantastic. Absolutely. And I think it's part of, it's yet another one of those things that we have in our back pocket or in our collection of, of teaching strategies, teaching techniques that we use but like with any teaching strategy, teaching approach, whatever it is, can you 100% rely on it? Absolutely not. And I think that also is a vital point to make that if that becomes your only way of doing things, then it's maybe time to do a little bit more research, a little bit more reading, go and observe other teachers, something that I desperately miss doing. I love going to observe other people and I've not been able to do it for a very, very long time. So definitely one to, to pester the the head teacher about in a previous school I used to we used to do something called podding where you'd have to go and I can't remember what it was an acronym I can't remember what the pod stood for if you've done something similar at your school you might be able to tell me where we actually had to it was part of our I don't think it was a policy but it was part of uh, the plan in school that you'd have to go and observe I think it was something like three teachers every big term so two maybe one half and one the other and it was and it was a it was a lovely lovely thing to do but in the wake of covid and everything else it's another one of those things that i think has dropped off the radar a bit sadly but hey hopefully all these things will come back and we can well a be left alone by the press and the media and b continue doing what we do beautifully wonderfully and hopefully getting out there doing all sorts of things I mean the fact that I get to go on a trip it's a bit like day release the, tomorrow the fact that I get to go tree planting yes it's probably going to rain it's going to be muddy children will probably complain that they're cold and that they're hungry but I'm gonna be outside on a trip and to me that is absolutely great so can't really ask for more right uh, to conclude this evening or to wrap up let's see again referring to the scribble in the book there is no Libby tonight sadly uh, as far as I'm aware after me normally she it's her show that I'm bigging up post my show but we do have uh, Rich Wrigley who is doing his late late show I'm not quite sure of the subject matter the this evening if anyone can tell me I'd, I'd be delighted to know I did I did have a Twitter stalk of him earlier and I was Oh, Anika's just said to me, I don't think Rich Rich isn't here either. Gosh, we're all dropping like flies. This is terrible. It's, it's like my kids at school. I don't know whether, I hope it's not COVID related or anything like that, but uh, I have no one to big up. That's a shame. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm rounding out the evening on Teachers Talk Radio tonight. So there is, I don't think there is anybody uh, after me. Three teachers with COVID, he said. Oh, well, that's rubbish as well. Oh. So it is it is down to me to 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 sign off the evening here on Teachers Talk Radio then. Well that's both a privilege and a little bit sad, but what can you do? Hopefully we the, all the people who are off with COVID or off for whatever reason 
do feel better and hopefully you'll see them all soon and I can promote those their shows and, and big them up in, in due course. But for now, all that remains for me to say is have a lovely rest of the week be good. And if you think of something that you would like me to discuss on this show, because I'm always digging into my brain to try and find things. I'm always looking for inspiration. I'm always starting chats, arguments, etc. I say arguments, not arguments. I don't argue on Twitter. No one should do that. But I'm absolutely always looking for, for different things to, to chat about, to wax lyrical about, to have a conversation with someone else about. So if you know someone as well that's that's uh, that would be a good guest as well, because I've done a couple of shows now without guests, which although is fine, it's a long time to listen to the sound of your own voice and it's a long time to to talk for and much as I love doing it I also really enjoy bouncing off other people so if you know anybody that wants to come and have a chat about anything to do with education particularly if it involves food because I always love a chat about food then please send them in my direction and tell them that they will if nothing else have a very good laugh so yes send them all my way i will post my show notes which will probably be in several parts because there's quite a lot of them uh, including all of uh, graham's very helpful tips and i'm sorry graham for not realizing that you are now part of the teachers talk radio family uh, so I apologise unreservedly yet again for that and uh, welcome aboard and uh, I look forward to hearing more from you as well. But be good, be safe, stay well and I will speak to you next week. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.